if we look at the year, so there are certain cycles, and they work with milestones which we work towards, we look forward to, and we prepare for. So, for example, we have Elul, and of course, the idea of Elul is preparation for Rosh Hashanah, and that's the goal we're trying to achieve. We have the period starting from the Arab Parishes towards Purim, climaxing with Pesach. We have the whole pair of Sri Saimah, which is a preparation for Matan Torah, and that pulls up to Matan Torah. And therefore, when we relive these times of the year, so we working towards something. We have a goal that we're trying to achieve. We have, a, we have a, so to speak, something to motivate us. We're not just going through the same activities day by day, but they're building up to a climax. But then we have the other parts of the year. We have after Shavuos. And there's no clear horizon. On the horizon, there's no clear milestone we're looking, for, we're looking forward to. What are you going to look forward to? The end of the year, some, the summer, the three weeks, push above. And if that's the case, there isn't just the problem of that. There isn't something in our avoider which is going to motivate us, so to speak, to work towards something. But maybe it's exactly the opposite. And that is that if what's the next, so to speak, event which people are seeing is a time of Benazmanim, a vacation, a the end of the process. So then instead of working up, they start working down. Which means that uh, since now, the next thing in people's minds is vacation, is Ben Asmanim, whatever it is, so then the person starts preparing for that too. I once heard a joke. They said that, you know, there's Machlaikas if you should have Ben Asmanim or not. It's just like institutionalizing Bittal Torah. So I heard they said in Brisk that there was never an official Ben Asmanim. What happened was that somewhere towards the middle of Zman, so people stop arriving at 9 o'clock for Seder, they start coming at 9.10. And they stop leaving at 1 o'clock to end Seder, they start leaving at 10 to 1. And then a little bit later, they start coming at 9.30, and they start leaving at 12.30. And this process continues until the two meet. The time people show up and the time people leave come together, and then unofficially the Zman's ended. But obviously it's not like that. You meant to understand, but it, it underscores a point. And that is that when what's, a person is looking up to something, there's something big which is working towards, then he works, he works up towards that point. He's motivated to achieve more to get there. When a person's working down to something, in other words, he sees the next point as being less, and therefore he gradually cuts back to get there, so then it's not just the, the level which of doing nothing, which is, let's say, characterizes uh, a vacation, but it's a whole time before that which a person isn't working optimally because he's working down. And it's mashma from the garden, and this was also the underlying effect which caused the Chet In other words, when Klai Yisrael were inspired to work towards Matan Torah, so they had something to look up to, they had something to look forward to, and they pushed themselves to get as great as they could, to get as high as they could, to achieve more for Matan Torah. But, after Matan Torah, 
they had received the Torah. And now they were in a situation where there wasn't something that they were anticipating, that they were working up towards. And if that's the case, it made the setting ripe for the mistake that happened when the Chaytega. And that's why the second time Moshe Rabbeinu goes up to get the Luchas, this time there wasn't the danger of Chaytega. Because this time Chaytega were very motivated. They were very motivated to get Kapara. They were very motivated to get back the Luchas. And therefore, since they had that goal in mind, what they wanted to reach, and there was something for them to do, they felt that they were pushing themselves to get there, so they made it, that prevented them from slipping. But when they were in a situation where they felt we've achieved, we've got to the climax, and now we don't have the next horizon ahead of us, if that's the case, that makes fertile ground for the Yetzirah, so to speak, to work on a person. When he isn't motivated to go up, then there's a danger of him starting to go down. And if that's the case, what are we meant to do at times like that? When there isn't, the calendar doesn't provide us with the next milestone, with the next uh, motivation which we have to work towards. And the Yisod is pushed. The Yisod is, we have to take the lesson of the times of Chizuk, and we have to learn to make our own milestones, to make our own goals. But we're never in a situation where we don't have another step, so to speak, to work towards the next milestone we're trying to achieve. There were those yeshivas where Zman wasn't, so to speak, a winding down process till the end when everything ended. No, a person would make what he wanted to finish by the end of Zman. It was to finish the Masechta. It was to finish the Chazara and the Masechta. Whatever it's going to be, that gave, so to speak, a goal to be reached by that stage. And if that's the case, it gave people something to push them to achieve that stage. And that's always the Yisrael. It's really a Pasuk. The path of life should always be the matter. A person is always pushing himself to go higher, and it's for a masculine. The person has the intelligence, the person has the knowledge how to do that. How to look in every situation to find the goal that he's going to push himself to work towards. And then, life is an ever-growing growth process. Uh, it's always something which is a person's working to achieve the next step, the next step, the next level, the higher level. Whereas when it becomes something where a person's in a situation where right now they don't have anything to achieve, right now they don't have something they're working towards, then, Kimat, by nature, it stops being a process of growth, and either becomes a process of stagnation or even worse, like the Apostle carries on, the Maran Sur Mishal matter. It's a process of free fall, when a person loses what they gained beforehand. Now, the first part, what he said so far, is I think pretty straightforward. Of course, everyone wants to always be motivated and working towards something. But we're talking about Chinuch. So obviously the question is, how does one encourage one's children in that regard? And uh, that's not such a complicated thing to explain either, because as a parent we're in the position to give the motivation, to give the incentive, whatever it's going to be. And therefore, as long as we're thinking what's the next step, that's something that our child wants to get. And now we can provide the incentive for it and give them the 
factors which will motivate them to try and cheat. And that's not a bad thing to do, as is well known, the Rambam writes in Shemayin Prakim that that's the right way to bring a child to enjoy his learning. So it starts by offering him food that he likes, and that's going to be the motivating factor, just like every obvious volume in the world works with candies and mash and whatever it's going to be. When he gets a bit older, he wants things, not food, so you have to give prizes, you have to give money. And when a person gets a bit older, then they want the approval, they want the good name which comes from being successful. And it's a long road until a person does things lishma, but that's okay, because as long as a person is motivated to grow, says the Rambam, he's going to grow. And he's going to improve. So the idea that we can don't need to just rely on the seasonal times when the calendar gives us a motivating factor, that we understand. We can provide motivation on our own. There's three other points, though, which are often questions on this idea of trying to keep up a steady motivation, a steady goal to reach. That's what I want, that's what I want to really talk about tonight. The three, let's say, questions people have on this. The first one being, aren't you worried about burnout? You know, people need time to relax and people need time to take it easy. And if you're going to keep uh, raising the bar and pushing people to try and do more, especially children, aren't you scared they're going to just burn out and give up? And uh, I'm just paraphrasing what Rabbi Natham says in Sefer Ayasha to answer this question, because it's something which a lot of people talk about, raise the point. You know, that uh, you're trying to push someone too hard. This will happen to them. It'll be overly stressful. And that is, burnout comes when a person tries either to do things that they don't enjoy and therefore it wears them down, or they do try to do things which are too hard for them. When a person is doing what they're capable of doing, and they're enjoying what they're doing, and other it's the steady achievement is stimulating. When a person tries to do something which they aren't able to do, then the disillusionment of, of lack of success or the difficulty of something which they don't enjoy and becomes uh, something which is monotonous, something which is too demanding, that can cause a person to burn out. But as much as a person is enjoying what they're doing and being successful in what they do, that's just going to push them to do more. And we can see this in every field of life. A person who's successful and a person who's a steady achiever and a person who's enjoying their achievement doesn't burn out. On the contrary, every success just pushes them to attempt something more, and every success is seen as a step to a greater success. And a person who's on that trajectory of onwards successes and hatzlach in what they do, isn't going to stop and say, well, now I'm going to have to cancel all my, all the things that I'm being doing well in and achieving in because I need a break. That might be, but normally, other the acceleration and the satisfaction which comes from a person feeling that they're achieving and doing well, that itself pushes them to do more. And therefore, it's not that the idea of aspiring to do more or being motivated is a problem. As long as what a person is aspiring to do is something that they're capable of and something that they're being successful in. And then once again, that's something which, and this is maybe the more difficult part of the job as Machan Chimoy's parents, is to set the goals which we believe are realistic on the one hand, and on the other hand, are also something which will be an achievement to, to accomplish. Which means something which is too easy will be realistic, but a person won't feel achievement by doing it. And something which is too hard, they might, if they were successful, feel a tremendous sense of achievement, 
but there's too, too much of a risk that they won't be successful and give up. And therefore, the concept of providing a goal which needs to be reached has to be a balance between what we think the person is easily, was well within their reach of being able to do, but at the same time, we'll require them to push themselves a little bit so that they'll feel the hatzlach. If it's too easy, there's no satisfaction. If it's too hard, there's too much of a risk of failure. The other option, and that is, not to define the success by something which is only one, one, one word answer. And then therefore, it's either yes, success, or no failure. If there's a range of successes, and therefore, the person can find himself successful on a scale. And it's true they could have done more or done better, but if they focus on what they did do and see that as a success, so then they'll feel good about it and they'll be motivated to do more. And it's true they could have done better, but if what they appreciate what they did do as being something that they felt successful in, so they're not going to look at it as a failure that they didn't do even more than that. They're going to look at it as a success for what they achieved. And therefore, let's say, we're trying to convince uh, Bach and Yeshiva to finish the Masechta. Now, if he feels, I read through every page, I got to the end, I made the Hadrin, I feel successful. Could he have done it with more Chazara? Could he have remembered it better? Could he have learned every Tosfus? Maybe he could have. But if you're going to define what a person does too closely of what's going to be defined success, then again, it makes the possibility that you won't be successful greater. If there's more options to what success can be, success can be finished in the Masechta, even if you're using the Masechta or the art scroll to help you at the end. Success can be finished in the Masechta with every Rashi. Success can be whatever we're going to define it as being. Then the person can focus on what they were successful in. And that gives them more of a range of being able to feel that and to grow with it. And that's the important point. The person comes to you. And they said, let's say, somebody that they, they tell you they've managed to finish the Masechta, I'm just using that marshal. And you know they could have done it better. But of course you're not going to say that. Because what's so important is that a person feels that they're achieving is they gives them the fuel, gives them the drive and the rotten to achieve more. And therefore we want them to feel that they achieved. They could have done better, so what? What they did was an achievement, let them feel that because we'll push them to do more. A person was working on a certain meta. Maybe they went in scabber 100% and maybe they still have times that they fall. But at whatever level we see it as an achievement, then we're going to focus on the achievement. Because that's what gives them the feeling of Hatzlacha, which is the feel which drives further success. So as long as the person's feeling Hatzlacha, as long as the person feels he's doing well, he's not going to burn out. The rabbinic times with burnout comes from sinner. When a person is disillusioned with what he's doing. Either he's not enjoying it or he's not feeling he's achieving in it, that can cause a person to give up. When a person is feeling he's being successful and he's achieving, then he wants to do more. That's the one. First question. The second question is, the second question is, doesn't uh, uh, making a certain drive to achieve and uh, excel become competitive? And therefore it becomes that there's one winner and everybody else is a loser. And it's the often asked question in a classroom setting, or even in a family setting, where it becomes a race. A race to see who does the first, a race to see who gets the most points, or a race to see who gets the highest score, or whatever else it's going to be. And then you're right. There's one winner and lots of losers. And as a mechanic, we have to be careful of that. 
because it's true, one, one person will get the feeling of success that they won, but the rabbi will get the feeling that they lost. And we don't want to, to lose the rabbi, even if it's to help the yachid. And therefore it's Bashat. Motivation isn't competitive. Motivation isn't the best, the first, the greatest, the most, because there's only one first, greatest, best and most, and everybody else is less or worse, and therefore we, we lose more than we gain. And yes, it's much easier to motivate people to compete, because then there's also a bad matter of, we call it the of wanting to win involved, and therefore even if people aren't as interested in, the, in what they're achieving, it's that the fact that they won. So yes, it's easier to make people do something if there's a competitive edge to it, just like in sports. People will work much harder to win a tournament than just to play their own best game. There's a certain competitive edge, and it pushes people harder. But it's not a kadaychi nothing to try. Because, like I said, we're not just trying to help the winner. We're trying to help everybody who's competing. And if we're going to cause too many losers, then we're going to cause too many people to feel that they want to give up, and they don't want to, care, they don't want to try harder. And therefore, the best way to motivate is either to set a a certain achievement for each person that we understood them well enough is the right thing for them or it's not a competition at all. If you have a whole classroom of Bakram and you want them each to finish the Masechta for example so whoever finishes the Masechta has done it. It doesn't make a difference. There's no best, there's no first, there's no most. The, the, the achievement's there and it's available to everybody. So that's the second point. And that is, yes, you want to set motivation motivational factors, but not in a competitive way. And the Torah is the same thing. Kaisra all arrived at Hasina, and Kaisra all got the Torah. And are we going to say, well, who got the Torah most, and who got the Torah best? These things don't feature. It's not something which is totally on most and best, it's not competitive. And now the last point, maybe a more delicate point, but it's something to think about. And that is the nature at the beginning of a person who's motivated to achieve is that the enjoyment, the simcha, comes from the achievement. So a person is prepared to put in the effort and the work and the time because the prize looms large, the fact that they, what they're going to achieve, the fact that they're going to finish, the fact that the simcha they'll have when they actually do accomplish. Which is understandable, but let's call that a first stage. Because really, a person is meant to get to the stage where it's not just the final result which causes the simcha, it's the process of getting there too. And that, that's the big difference between something which is the simcha in achieving or something where the simcha is only the achievement. Which means if something, the only gain, the only pleasure people have is the finish line and they don't enjoy the journey, so then sure, the longer it takes to get there, the more likely they are to become despondent and give up along the way. If a person is only taking a hike because he wants to reach the peak of the mountain, so it's a lot of hard work for the eventual pleasure. And if it's too long and too hard, they're likely to give up. But if the process itself is something a person enjoys, they enjoy hiking, they enjoy taking the scenery, they enjoy watching the view, they enjoy the fresh air, then in a case like that, they're not going to give up because it's not just the final point which is the enjoyable part. It's the entire trip. It's the entire journey. And that's the high level of what a person is motivated to do if it's something unpleasant and it's just worth it for the result, if a person's working hard to get the salary at the end of the month and he doesn't enjoy the work, then it's true. It's a long, a long trek for an eventual reward. And if it feels too long or it feels too hard, the person's going to get disillusioned. But if a person's doing what they enjoy, 
then it's not just the reward, that's the added bonus at the end. It's the very journey is enjoyable. And therefore, if you're looking for the way to motivate, it's not just to motivate to do things which at the end the person will benefit from. In the category of clean up your room because afterwards you get an ice cream. So I don't enjoy the work, but I'm looking forward to the eventual point. The ideal motivation is to find the, the things that a person enjoys the journey to. To make the journey itself enjoyable. Because that way, there's more of a factor why a person is going to do it, not just because they want to get the end result, but because they enjoy the kishmak too. If a person is only learning because he wants to say he's finished shas, or he wants to finish the masakhta, so then it's true, a long hard masakhta is a reason to give up. But if a person enjoys the learning also, so then it becomes something which in itself is the reward. Now, we may the motivation and what a person gets from it, they come simultaneously. And that's something which is long-lasting. So with these three points, it brings back the point of the way to be to set out sights and always achieving more. But doing it in a way where we're always going to gain from it, we're never going to feel we're losers, we're never going to get burnt out, and we'll appreciate and enjoy the journey as well.